Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi. This is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast, the Bills podcast, players podcast, prognosticators podcast, PLA podcast, Pampers podcast, the Only Flyers podcast. We are joyful. We are excited. And why? Why are we so excited this week? Because it is the first time that we have done an episode that we've been removed from the firing of Chuck Fletcher. That's right. He's gone. Adios. Arrivederci. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. He's gone. And so we've had about a week to uh, to kind of let things marinate. We've had a week to kind of collect ourselves, collect our composure, figure out where we're at right now and where we are on what this team is. Uh, they currently have the fifth worst record in the league. Things are looking good there if you look at NHL Tankathon. So there's hope. There's hope in the air. And we're here to bring a little bit of positivity to the end of your week back again next week with another episode but let me introduce first of all a man who uh did the right thing and he's recording from home and that's bundy you can find him on twitter at cetarian6 how are you doing i'm good just uh i did race home i just felt it was easier doing it in the house and doing it in the car because you're kind of shitty reception sometimes so i don't know and i live out in the boonies and they're doing these controlled burns out here today and like my backyard looks like literally like somebody set fire to the entire woods behind the house uh, yes, it is a controlled burn uh, because if it wasn't, uh, it would probably make for a really nasty St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> but but anyway, that's why I came in the house, Russ. And uh, yeah, lots going on, guys. Uh, lots going on in the last week. Again, not like we talked touched upon last week. Uh, Russ was um, there's not a lot anybody can do right now uh, in in that spot that uh, you know Danny's in uh, as at the interim GM, but. It's just a dead. It's just a dead time right now, and so I guess he's got himself a little bit of time to go out and try to sell himself uh, in the next uh, six weeks or so, and uh, uh, and and try to figure out a path forward with this team. But uh, you know, I, I hate uh, just to start off, and I'll turn it to Anthony here. I hate the fact that we're talking about like where we are in the standings and tanking for uh, whatever. Um, I it just it's great and everything, but. It's just not a business model that's sustainable and, you know, and praying for it and hoping for stuff. And I think the one thing I agreed with Danny uh, this week, just listening to some of his tidbits, I mean, there's no quick fix. This is, we know that we've known that for a long time and um, it's going to take a long time. It's it's going to take a long time. And that's, uh, that's just the facts. Uh, you know, there's too many contracts, as we said, I've done a lot of interviews and stuff nationally um, you know, uh, with Toronto or NHL, uh, Sirius XM radio. And again, if you just look at it is if you take everything and put it on one single sheet of paper, there's no quick fix. You have to be sly. You have to be able to dump salary before you can really do anything. Yeah. Get another good draft pick. You'll be picking somewhere high again, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, your draft picks, you, those are, those are to the foundation of your future, but, uh, you know, and then sprinkling in some free agents, but 
you know, the free agents they have, or, or, you know, the money's too much. Uh, it just needs a complete overhaul. You know, and I think the one question, Anthony, you could talk about this too, is we, 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 um, you know, we move into it, but, you know, somebody asked me this week, is there an untouchable on this team? No, I, not one. Absolutely not a single untouchable for me because everyone's like, oh, well, Konechny's had a good year. That's great. He makes like five and a half million dollars or whatever. He should have a good year. He should be scoring 30 goals. Does that mean that he's not going to be a valuable part of the future if they keep him here? He will. But I'm also saying, man, you got to start considering flipping some of these these pieces that you think are key. And you're going to have to dump some salary of someone that you like or people you like to make the franchise look better moving into the future. And But to me, there's not one single untouchable on this team. Not one. And I would be open-minded to get rid of anybody at any given time uh, because that's what you have to do. Rebuild. We've heard it. Right? They've used the word now. We said it four years ago, three years ago. But Let's all start using it now. Let's follow the lead. But I'll tell you one thing, guys. I'm, I'm, I am proud when I look back at what's going on now, the honesty and the integrity that we actually had on this journey from the get-go. We said exactly what was going on, only for people to come out in the organization and just say the exact same things we did three years later when we said it three years ago. Anthony, floor is yours. You know, hey, you, hey you were taught, by the way, before Anthony jumps in, you were just talking about the controlled burnout back. And I think that was actually a pretty good controlled burn on your part. Feel like you could have you could have ramped that up a little bit more if you needed to. It's just, but uh, again, there, there would, I, I have prided to do. I think I have that. prided myself, and I know you guys have to to not bullshit anybody in this process. Not one person, and I've never lied about one single thing that I've seen in the office. I mean, I got stories I could tell for a decade of stuff I've seen over the years. But what I'm telling you right now is, I I knew this thing needed ripping down starting in about 2017. A slow a slow burn of replenishing the cupboard instead of bullshitting and gaslighting our fan base uh, and lying, quite frankly, lying to them about what this team was when all you had to do was have a good look. And I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of disappointment too from the stuff that I didn't necessarily hear from the hockey people at the time. It was all garbage. This team wasn't winning a Stanley Cup. I want to have a competitive playoff team that gives you a chance to win a Stanley Cup every year. They were still selling that, but that was not the reality. So I'm most proud that I was honest with integrity to the fans, and I think that we built a, a pretty strong legacy on this show of, of being the most truthful people involved in perhaps the Philadelphia market for telling things how they are. And I still will never, ever let people down with that as long as I'm covering hockey for, I don't know, maybe I'll get burned out one of these days. Uh, but I'm not there. I'm not there today. And uh, that's why I'm still on here with you guys. Hi, Anthony. You mentioned you mentioned telling the <laughs> truth. So let's go to the let's go to the soothsayer here in the middle uh, on his way back from uh, from Florida. Just kidding. He's been back for a little bit. Uh, Anthony, who's on his way home and maybe will sit down at his desk at some point here during the episode. Uh, he's in the car. So I'll, I'll go back and, and try to clean up his audio as best we can. So those of you who are watching on YouTube, by the way, YouTube.com slash at do a little at symbol snow the goalie we have our own channel now we're still putting the show out through the crossing broad channel although over time we're going to be phasing that out so if you're watching on the crossing broad youtube channel thank you for watching go over to snow the goalies uh youtube channel subscribe there has our logo you'll see it all right let's go to anthony on the road anthony uh do you have the uh the traffics on the eights thanks thanks ross uh no i'm i'm literally five minutes from my not even i'm less than five minutes from the house so this will be a quick in the car moment. Um, but, uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, this is the first time you guys are hearing me from me, I guess, on the show uh, since the firing because I was in uh, down at spring training. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I can't disagree with anything Bundy really said. I, I he's, he's been spot on with this. Um, and the, the biggest thing was, you know, the misleading of, and I think it was more so the last two seasons, but they, they really kind of misled us, uh, misled everybody into, into believing that they were something that they weren't. And, um, and that was the greatest, the greatest failure of the previous regime. Now, uh, you know, what will the, this new regime be with Danny Briere at the helm? And, and I think that he, uh, even though he's got an interim title, he's still going to be the guy. I think that's a, a short term thing uh, that he's got that title. I, I don't think it's a uh, it, I think that title will be lifted. The interim tag will be lifted once the summer comes around. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, you know, I, I, as with any situation, as it was with Chuck Fletcher, as it was with Ron Hextall, I, I, I give them the opportunity. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and kill anybody right off the bat and say they're not going to be able to do the job. I give them the chance to do it. And, I, and I've and i liked some of the things that Danny has said so far. But again, it's just words right now. There, he, there's no actions. Now, he doesn't have the opportunity to do the actions yet because, you know, it's past the trade deadline and they're not, nothing's going to happen until the, until the off season. But I want to see those words become action, right? I want to see that. And when Bundy says that there's no, there is no untouchable, I agree. Um, I think Konechny will probably be the hardest, believe it or not, even harder than Carter Hart, to move on from. Um, but because they like him so much internally and they really do think that he's a good fit for what they are and what they're going to be. But I do think that Bundy is spot on when he says that's where your value is. If you want this, if you want this to be a two to three year rebuild and not a five to six year rebuild, then th- you might have to move on from a Travis Konechny, um, re- even if you do like him and do think he's a fit. So, uh, so yeah. So like, I, yeah, I, I agree with everything Bundy says. I just think it needs, uh, you know, we just need to give give Danny the the opportunity, and I think we'll learn pretty quick. Um, hey, there, there's one thing, Bundy, that um, I think is really important that we touch on here, all right, with the people. So, so Danny Briere, um, you, you, you've been pretty consistent on this, and I, I feel like you're probably going to remain consistent on this point. Um, a few months ago, when we talked about, hey, it's, now's the time to get rid of Chuck, we've been saying it for over 18 months, but whatever. About, I don't know, three, four months ago, we talked about, hey, what do you do if you move on from Chuck? What does the rest of the front office look like? Can you keep any of these people here? Or do they all have to go? And one of the things that you were most consistent on, which I think kind of rattled the cage of some people at, at some points, was uh, everyone has to go. You know, Whether that's in the season or that's in the offseason, everybody who was associated with Chuck's front office has to go. Anthony eventually came around to that idea as well, saying even if there are people in the analytics department if, that you like, even if you like Danny Briere, Everyone's got to go. It's got to be a fire sale. Like the, the, the whole thing has to get cleared out. And your point consistently had been, we don't know and we have not heard if any of the other front office people 
had stood in opposition to what Chuck Fletcher was doing and how he was building the team, the contracts that he gave out, the assets that he traded, the assets he traded for Rasmus Ristolainen, the uh, extension that he then gave to Ristolainen, the eight-year contract he gave to Travis Sanheim. Yeah. When, when you put all those things together, consistently, you have said, Anthony has, has said, uh, everybody has to go. Right now, it would appear as though Danny Briere is in in place, some of the national pundits say it's essentially a formality that he will be the GM uh, going forward beyond this season. Do you still stand by what you said a few months ago, and I think have pretty consistently said up to this point, that everyone has to go, or is there a bit of latitude? Do you extend a little bit of latitude to Danny now to see what he can do? Like, where, where do you fall on this now? Well, I think the one thing, you know... <laughs> I'll be honest with you, and, 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 and you know what? I'm, you can call me a lot of things, but the one thing most people say is that I'm fair. Uh, so I reached out to Danny on Monday morning this week. I texted him. I forgot about the GM meetings. I said, hey, listen, I've been very – I'm going to tell you the text, I, almost. I, I basically said, listen, um, congratulations on the interim title. I said, I've been very critical about this team for about three years. I said, when I saw the thing, kind of the foundation breaking apart. And what I want out of that meeting is to just get on the same page with him. I want him to look me in the eyes and say, this is what I'm doing. He doesn't have to do that. He did text me back, said, absolutely. Text me like next week. I want to sit down with you. Um, so, again, you know, I'm I, basically looking at where the team's at right now um, and knowing other ideas and people that may come in here. My biggest question will be to Danny is, why? What, was there any way – when, so when Chuck gave out those deals, so when we're talking about Ristolainen and Sandheim's deal specifically, Anthony, uh, if I were in the office, though, maybe I'm just a belligerent asshole. Maybe that's just the way my makeup is. <laughs> I would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are we doing here? So pardon the F word came out. I tried. I, it's been weeks. What every week, we, you're like, every what? week, dude, every week you're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it this week. I'm not going to fuck. Like, I, it just came out. But that to me... Like, I would have stood there, and if there's seven guys, I still would have needed to know, without leaving the room, why they felt that those moves at that number were warranted when they weren't. There was no need to do Those are team killer deals. You suck so much money into deals like that. And I'm not saying they're not NHL players. It's nothing to do with them. It's what they got paid, and I say this always, good for them. I'm happy for them and their families. It's a great thing. But it doesn't help the Philadelphia Flyers unless you're maxing the value on the ice. So my biggest thing to Danny is the opposition. It's one thing to go around now and do interview after interview, say, oh, you know, maybe I wasn't. This is what I would do. That's fine and dandy. Let's separate ourselves from the last regime. Everybody's trying to do that in life. But what I'm trying to tell you right now is why were those deals signed anyway? I mean, somebody has to – you have to have enough fortitude and balls to say – Sorry, dude. This is a fucking terrible move. These are moves that are going to hamstring this organization for years. If you can't see that, then you shouldn't be working in this league. And you should not be working with numbers. The salary cap has been a mismanaged mess for years. We've had guys, years and years and years. Who's doing that? You can go research that one yourself. Uh, but there's, it, and again, it was, it was Barry, it wasn't a Barry Hanrahan said it. Well, it's, it's not a, it's not a shock because Chuck actually applauded the efforts of Hanrahan at the, uh, the season ticket holder town hall. So, uh, that's who's been managing your cap folks. So if you're 
Thrilled with the job? Hammerhand. If you're not thrilled, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, he's still employed. Been, yeah, Barry's been here since like 98. He was the ticket guy. You know, we used to go on the road. Hey, we need two tickets. Here's the credit card. You know, my grandma and grandpa would go. He'd take the ticket order. They worked them up, put them through some probably, you know, law school or something, uh, got a degree and came in and they advanced them along like they did with other people. Um, that would be like probably giving me a degree in math. <laughs> <laughs> Setting me up, but again, you know that's 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 company. Let me. The one thing I can say to that is is that, and I'm not going to give away information here because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But um, there was a thought a few years ago of replacing him. I and don't know almost, any of that, Anthony. Yeah, and, and it almost happened, and it and it did. So, but I mean, keep in mind that that Barry has been in charge of contracts and managing the cap since it since its institution in 2005 he was that's when he became the the guy and the flyers have had cap issues almost every season there's every been one day. Or, yeah yeah there yes exactly every day there's been one or two seasons i think where they were able to manage it a little bit better but for the most part it, it, we're talking 18 years of struggling with the salary cap <laughs> and so so those are like whatever I, guys i want that kind of job can i have a job where i work for 18 years don't do a very good job and my job is like totally safe and i get well compensated don't you have that, that. don't you have that job now yeah it's hilarious <laughs> yeah, you're, right. you're hilarious no but those but, but getting back so to just funny. what i said to danny i just I, again you know i heard in one of the interviews he gave like a ringing endorsement to brett flair mm -hmm. why he's a yeah. chuck guy he was yeah. right next to Chuck. So these are questions, guys, that are just completely warranted. All right. So, I can't sit here and just walk, go, oh, okay. Well, someone else said he's a good hockey guy. Well, I'm not going to just take the word for that. I want to know why. I want to get to know more about it. I know he does a lot of the draft stuff. There's going to be a reason to say, like, there's some draft capital. He's been, there's been pre scouting that's gone on. But when I said, when Chuck goes, so anybody hitched to him, that's what I'm saying at the time. He's been Chuck's guy his whole career, right, Andy? Yeah. I yeah, and I, I look. I question it too, Bundy, because like you, he has been Chuck's guy even back to their days together in Minnesota. So I question it as well. The only thing I can say, and again, this is just is what I'm told. This is just what I hear, is that in the past two seasons, um, Brett Flair has been more in line with the thinking of Danny Briere, and that they need to tear it down and rebuild it. And that there have been outside forces that have that Chuck aligned himself with that didn't allow that to happen. So maybe Danny feels that Brent could still survive because he's he's on board with this concept and this and this idea, but that maybe it's a shorter rope kind of thing. I don't. I, I'm just trying to justify. Right? I'm just. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here as to why would you consider keeping Brent Flair when he's been attached to Chuck for so long? That if in fact what I'm told is true, then maybe you kind of give him a little bit of, of an opportunity to see if that if that works. If his if his draft strategy works and kind of goes into the rebuild and it starts to work, but after a year or so, maybe it's it's not, and then you say, all right, this is just a bad idea. We'll move on. But that's the insanity. Like that that really is the insanity of the entire situation, well, right? Like well, that's unless what was, that's what I was saying before I got out of the car, Russ. Yeah, like, yeah, like if if unless unless you can objectively look at this and say, okay, 
the drafts have been totally stellar. Like we have found multiple guys in later rounds that are actually going to be contributors. And our top end guys that we managed to draft, and like Cutter Gautier becomes like the next big thing. And, and you say, you know what, Brent was a, a huge part of that. And that's why we're going to keep him around because we think that that is where he excels. He's identified, he solely, you know, or he largely was responsible with working on the scouts at identifying X, Y, Z. And these players are going to make their way onto this roster next year or in the next two years. And we are 100% convinced of it. That's the only way to do it because otherwise you sit back and you just go, this feels like that kind of incestuous, that, that network thing. The, the pieces might be a little bit different, but the network's still in place. You haven't really done a whole lot to, to change things over. It's akin, funny enough, how many times have I compared Chuck Fletcher to Brian Colangelo? It is a similar thing as what happened when uh, um, Colangelo was removed from power. Elton Brand took over and you said, all right, well, they, they didn't really change anything. It's it's just kind of like his understudy is now taking over the gig. I don't know if he's ready for it. And everybody else who still surrounds him was here with the last guy. So um, difference, Colangelo actually built like a pretty okay team. Fletcher did not. I just, I think it's hard because this this team has done the right thing. Organization's done the right thing in moving on from Chuck, who the fans hated and kind of blamed for all of this. But like you've you've managed to kind of push them off for a little bit. You've held off the fans for a bit. But what will end up happening is if you keep these people in place and it doesn't go well, you're just opening yourself up for further criticism. Danny would be smarter to say, if, if this is his job, you know, I respect what Brett Flair did. I, I really do. And I respect what some of these scouts did. But we need we need new people in here. We need new voices. That's how he buys himself a three-year window from the fans. You keep these other people around and things don't turn around. Things don't go, you know, a whole hell of a lot better next year. Then all of a sudden, it just looks like Danny has really undercut himself. because automatically the fans are going to say, well, you didn't make any changes. Like this is on you home slice. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah. when you see, when you see Friedman, and this is what I was about to talk about when you know, I cut out out in the driveway, um, when, when Friedman, and we just lost Ross, when <laughs> Friedman um, reports Bundy that um, uh, there were people in the flyers front office who would send messages around. <laughs> that's the best. I do. That's right. Unbelievable. And <laughs> saying, saying, this was not our call. This or this was not my call. I was not. I did not approve of this. You know, this isn't me. Um, First of all, it shows it shows just how, just how disorganized and ridiculous and and a dumpster fire things were under Chuck's leadership in that front office. Number one, but number two, maybe he's maybe Brent Flair is one of those guys. Maybe he's one of those guys who was getting the message out because he's an assistant GM and he's you know on the younger side and and maybe he looks at and says I want a future in this sport I want people to understand that I I don't endorse this signing I don't endorse this move like this is not I'm not signing off on it but I can quietly let people around the league know that so that if the opportunity does arise for me somewhere that they don't hold this disaster of what happened in Philadelphia against me. And that, that could, that could be the case. I would love to find out who sent those texts. That is to me such what I, I read a little bit on Twitter. Sometimes I, I just can't even comment on some of the stuff. Cause it's so funny. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it's unbelievable. And a lot of it comes from reporters too. The people that just think they know they don't have a, they don't have a clue. They right. have no clue what they're talking about. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, um, it, it's unbelievable that somebody would actually say like, it's, it's like, uh, there's nothing to see here. And I just wanted everybody to know that I had nothing to do with this. 
And mm-hmm. uh, the fact that you, that a guy like Elliot Friedman, who's I, I know he's a hockey prognosticator, he's a big name up in Canada, but the fact that somebody inside an organization would actually feel the need to call someone outside the organization who's tied to the media to throw shade and cover out their own ass is insane to me. And it shows you how fucking weak people are that have these office jobs. That to me is the weakest thing I saw. I actually wrote on it the other day. I put, I said, ha ha, that's funny. Like I said, it. To, I think it was Flyers Nation put it out there. Yeah. And some guy put after the tweet, he goes, you know what, Bundy? It's not funny. It's fucking sad. <laughs> I just started laughing again. Well, look, I, I, I'm one of those guys. When you think about it, Bundy, I mean, you know, I'm one of those people who was getting those messages and from different people and not just one one guy here, one guy there. It was from multiple people that I would get these messages and I'd be like, that's why we were we were saying what we were saying on here for as long as we have, because we we knew like, you know, you have conversations with people, right? I mean, you're you're well connected. These are the people that are quietly they want the people that they know will put it out there right they so there's two levels of media that you're going to reach out to there's the media who is unafraid to tell the truth which is people like us you know and i think elliot kind of is like he's like the the one guy from canada who is connected at this with this team a little bit and kind of gets that a little bit um and 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 he has a way of kind of um of of kind of softening it a little bit so that he kind of talks talks around it so that it doesn't really sound as divisive as you know when we're just we're just being blunt and honest right i think elliot talks around it a little bit right so because he tries to like he thinks that that's necessary because he has to talk to 30 some organiz 32 organizations but there are other members of the media who if you gave them that information they wouldn't know what to do with it they wouldn't do anything with it they just sit yeah. on it and so, so that, so I do think that they use, they try to use us in certain ways to get, to, to get further their own personal agendas. And, but when you have guys who have those personal agendas, that's not a good mix. And that's why, that's why last July I wrote the story and you were right on board with it. Well, cause I remember we did the podcast. I wrote the story that they all have to go, Like every person in the front office should be gone and a whole new group that no one should keep their job. And so that's why I think, you know, you can't have people trying to undermine what you're doing for their own personal gain. Just can't happen. And that's exactly, that's what's, that's what's sad. That's what's ridiculous. And we can laugh about it because it's, it's like a soap, it's like a a sports soap opera, right? So it's entertaining in, in some capacity, but in the reality of the situation, it's just it's bad. It's just bad for business. And so, yeah, you're right. If it ends up being that this is it and and the, the, the changes are not much more than just this, maybe you bring in a president from outside, but the rest of the, the rest of the people are staying in place, that's not good. That's still not good enough. All right, I want to spitball really quick, Anthony, while Russ is off. But um, actually, just a couple names mentioned with hockey ops that we've, we've yeah. heard. I don't know any truth to them, but one of them is a good friend of mine, former teammate, Robert Esch. Yeah. He did by an amazing job in Utica. It's a great story. He went back there, was out of hockey, and he said, I really believe that this model can work here. It has before. So he did some really unique things in a minor league market. He, of course, knows Danny from his days in Phoenix uh, mm-hmm. in Arizona. Uh, I like Robert Esch a lot, um, and I think he brings a nice, um, a nice energy 
to the organization. So that's just a name that's been spitballing out there. Um, Shane Doan again, you know, I, I'm a little bit more leery of a guy like that, that was with one organization out there. It'd be like me having been like a prominent or yeah, I'm not saying I am, but, and then going to work for another organization for a long time when I was in one organization for so long. Right. It's just a weird sure, di- sure. dynamic. Like there's been no tie to Philly and that's okay. Like you don't have to, you don't have to have played in Philly, but I would think donor probably likes the desert a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there are good names. There are good, uh, you know, some good names attached. So Danny's got some stuff and I agree with you, Anthony, from the standpoint of like, what, what else is happening is more moves happening at the end of the year. The one thing I do want to mention, I got, I touched on it a few minutes ago. Um, I'm not really in the business of defending anybody. Um, but I'm going to, you know, and, 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 but I am in the business of second chances. One thing that's really bothered me lately. I wrote some little woke article the other day about Bob Clark and Paul Holmgren. Um, and I'm tired of, of defending Paul and Bob, um, but I'm going to finally tell the story. All right, Charlie O'Connor wrote an article the other day basically trashing Paul and Bob. By the way, most people in the industry now have jobs because of guys like that. And, uh, uh, you know, that were part of the lineage of starting up, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers is Bob Clark. Those guys, and you know this, and I'm going to, if the fans hear this, I want them to understand it for the last time. They should be allowed to go and walk into the skate zone whenever they want without knocking on a door. Okay. The decisions that were made in the office were made by Chuck and his guys. Paul and Bob had no say whatsoever in any move that was made, in any transaction that was made, in any number put on a contract, in any way, shape, or form. They are mentors of the organization that every organization should be blessed to have. Um, I'm, I played here for a long time for Bob Clark. We're not best of friends, just in case everybody wants to know if he probably asked him my name, he'd be like, Oh yeah. I remember he played with, played for me back in the nineties and two thousands. Paul Holmgren has been a good friend who's helped me personally when a time when I needed it many, many years ago, I both think both guys have been terrific general managers. I do think they understand the game is changing. But they don't have any say in anything that goes on in the hockey office. So when I read some little woke-ass take that these guys have to be changed, they have to be booted out, and they're no longer this, they have to change that brigade, no. They're figureheads. They're, they've been guys that have been here and meaningful to players, to the fans, and to this city. So until you really know what you're talking about, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Until you really know what the innings, uh, in, um, the ongoings, and the inner workings of a professional hockey team look like and what the lineage of that team looks like. They should be blessed that Bob Clark and Paul Holmgren care enough to stick around and go in there and be figureheads. There's a rebuild going on with this team. And the more love we get from our alumni and from the legendary players that played here, it's the most val- one of the most valuable tools an organization can have. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've said this and you're spot on and it's important to, to, to understand what their role is, and so it's it's good that you you say what you said. They had they were not involved in the in any way, shape, or form None. in the day in the day to day. None whatsoever. Zero. They had zero responsibility with the players that are brought in here, with the contracts that were being given out, the trades that were being made, the draft picks. Are they are they in the room? Are they around? Yes, because yes. they're part of it. They're part of the fabric, right? That's what they've been. Where they've had their influence, and this is this is this is the one spot that's been 
you know, I think that it needs to be clarified where they've had their influence is on who's in the management positions and who's in those spots more from a perspective of who are we, who do we want to be the people responsible for this franchise? Right. And I think that that's where Bob and Paul have had a far greater influence over the years, even since their retirement. Like, look, Paul got his gig because Bob retired. Hexy got the gig because Paul got out of the game as a GM and went up to be president. Right. So those guys got into those positions because of Bob and then, yes, Paul and then Hexy because of Paul. I believe that they were involved with getting Chuck Fletcher the job as the general manager. I think that they've weighed in on coaches in in since their tenures, right? I think, you know, obviously uh, Hextall had his own thing with Dave Hextall. That didn't work. But the, since then, I think that Bob and Paul were actively involved with getting um, uh, Elaine Vigneault here. You think, I think he was were... really in on the Vigneault thing, Anthony, as much? I, I do. Think they I were do. huge Vigneault fans. I can't imagine well, I they were. I'm not certain that they were fans of it, but I think that they were involved. But so, that was when Chuck saying? had free reign then, right, to do whatever he wanted. Remember that? He had more free He had more free reign. And yes. so they way overpaid a guy like that. They brought him in, uh, released yes. him at the year two and a half. But that, to me, seemed more like a Chuck move. Like, I'm going to get wait, a really wait. good coach here. Yeah, and I, and I agree. And I think that that was a Chuck move, but I do think that they were involved. In other words, it, what I'm saying is, is that they, it's not like they were – not not in the conversation. So, so they they may have they weighed in, but Chuck made the ultimate decision. I think they had more influence over Tortorella. No, than, I, I agree with that one. Yes, right. I agree they had more influence. Yeah. I think it, it got to that point where Dave Scott was like, "Okay, Chuck, you had your opportunity. You picked your coach. It was it didn't work. We're going to let you pick this next guy, but we're going to kind of hold your hands through it." And I think that that was kind of how it went. Right. So I think that. So I think that these guys. That's where their influence has been. And it's, and it's, again, more to determine who should be the stewards of the organization and not, well, we want to still manage the team because they yeah. don't. The, right? The, and the, I think that, that's fair to say, correct? And your article that one time, Anthony, like kind of talking about how like the hockey, you know, just, just so people understand this, and, and I know not a lot of other podcasters will talk about it because it's a, it's a yeah. depth thing. And, but there's the lineage of hockey guys, like – so when you have, uh, you know, figureheads at your organization, they become the ones that have a, a, an understanding of your fan base, the city, what the city wants, the, the reverberations that have gone, that flow through it. And that's why Clarkie and, and Homer kind of have to have that. Imagine having somebody that has no tie to the area that were making the hockey decision for the city, you know, in terms of that. So you need someone that has understanding. But when I go back, like they, 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 when I read articles and stuff, it's like they're talking about their lack of hockey knowledge and stuff. It's That's garbage. They understand, yeah. as I've spoken to them, that there's a changing game. It's yeah. not 1975. Anybody that's been around the game now knows that it's more of a skill thing. Uh, you still need some grit, like as you see any team go through it. But, yeah, yeah, you can't win 1977 style anymore. Uh, but that's not the model that's out there anyway. There's more of a faster skill type. Of, and and the, the rules of the game allow for the speed to be different. It's not necessarily just the player. The rules have changed on it. So I, I just hate – I hate hearing that, and I wanted to clarify it for once. Uh, neither one – I mean, Paul Homer's helped me in the past, you know, and stuff, but we don't talk all the time. Uh, I just wanted people to understand, especially the Philadelphians, 
that these are good people that have done a lot for this organization. And they are not, they are not people making decisions now. They're just in there to lend support. Um, and to be honest with you, um, there will be, this may be the new change, right, Anthony? Maybe it is, you know, getting 40 something year old Danny in there and he gets other younger people around that, that, that turns that transition. But to take shots at people like that is just a weak ass take. It's soft. Um, and it's expected from well, let's, let's, the stuff I read anyway. So well, let's look, let's, look, let's look at it this way, Bundy. Like the names that are going to be brought up here as potential people that are going to come in and work with Danny. With other than Shane Doan, who has no connection to the Flyers, a lot of the names that we're hearing have some sort of connection to the Flyers. Either they played here um, or, or were like really connected here. Or, you know, came through briefly or whatever. But, I mean, you know, you, you've heard, you've heard, you mentioned Robert Ash, for example. Other names that have been thrown out there that I, I have not been able to verify by any stretch of the imagination. But we've heard them, okay? I mean, and you heard them on Elliot. And I was, I laughed when they mentioned Lindros because I, <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. But, no, but they mentioned Pronger, for example, right? I mean, and Pronger's a guy, worked for the Florida Panthers, wanted to kind of get into management. You know, he's made some veiled comments on Twitter that would suggest to you that this is something he'd be interested in. I don't think they go down that road. I haven't gotten anybody to say to me, oh, yeah, we're really interested in him. But there's a name, Scott Mellenby, who's been involved with uh, uh, with the Blues now as part of their as part of their rebuild. Hasn't played, a, been involved with the Flyers since 1990, I think is when when he got moved, right? Somewhere somewhere in that vicinity. Um, has worked in, in for many other, several other organizations since then, since he was a player here. But he's a guy that, again, kind of fits that that mold of, of uh, the kind of person that they're looking for and, and could potentially talk to. So when you look at these guys and they have Flyer connections, you shouldn't there's the instant reaction shouldn't be oh here they go you know bring all the old boy network back together again they're bringing in the, because this is not that net this is not that this is that would be people who may have been connected here because the hockey community is so small and it just yes. it's like six the six degrees of separation is not six degrees in, in hockey it's like three um so it's 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 a smaller community so these kinds of so it's not like flyer lifers tied to that history and if that's what happens i i don't want to i don't want to hear people saying that because that's that's bs that's not it's not the continued thing there it's not that continued path yeah. that would be a set but at the same time it would be a hybrid it would be like it's new people and they're not connected through the old the old guard but they do have a little bit of that flyer's yeah. blood in them. And I think that that's okay. And yeah. I, that, that I'd be okay with. Yeah. And, I, and I'm okay with it. I didn't want to be a dry. And again, like I, I, there's no need to write an article like that. There's no need to beat up people that have been that meaningful, to this organization. Yeah. I, and I, I, I the, you're right. The team hasn't won since 75. It's been a decorated franchise ever since. There's been a lot of great runs. Uh, it's one of, I've been around the league people. You should be proud. It's one of the best damn franchises anywhere. And, uh, and I've had a chance to, to judge it next to everyone else. And the Flyers are a gold standard. Um, and that's why it's so important to get this right. Because and that's why so many people are going to want these jobs. Even if it, as bad as things have been, Bundy, there are people out there who want to come here in these positions that want to be the president of the Flyers or the GM of the Flyers that want to work in this front office because 
as bad as things have been for the past decade, I mean, last couple of years, you know, obviously the worst, but, but if you really want to go back, it's, it's really been a bad decade. They still want to, this is still a primo organization to work for. It's still one of the top organizations to be part of in, in, in the NHL and, and people want to be here. So there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of interest from around the league, even people, you know, names that we haven't even discussed are going to be interested. So that's why it's going to be, it's going to be curious to see how it goes. I'm just of the, I'm of the mindset that we're at, we've now reached the point where there does necessary, there does need to be a set, uh, uh, at least an optical breaking away from the, from the old guard. That doesn't mean that they have to go away. It doesn't mean that, you know, they sucked at what they did. They certainly didn't. They were, they're Bob Clark's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Paul Holmgren's in the in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame for a reason. These are very very important people to this organization, and they should still be allowed to be here yeah, in, in 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 a capacity. I don't. I, but what needs to be clearly delineated is is that they're not involved in making decisions. They're not. No, no. But I'm saying even oh. from even from a management perspective, right. You know what I'm saying? It, no, it, it, I, I do, but but I, but we know that, that they're not. The, they're just again, dude. Like Bob Bob Clark's from Flin Flon, Manitoba. Yeah. All right. Like it's not like he's going to Studio Fifty Four every night. He's from Flin Flon. He knows hockey. He knows hockey. <laughs> and Maybe a little he bit knows of Flyers hockey. Uh, <laughs> you know little, that's all he's lived. And then he goes to Florida and he golfs. Yeah. A little bit of golf. I mean, and, and so everyone knows they weren't even here at the trade deadline. They were in Florida. Yeah. Both. I mean, it's just it's just stuff yeah. like that. Like just anyway, I'm not here to defend them anymore. I just wanted people to understand that they've been good ambassadors for this team. And that's what they need. To, that's what I think is the most important thing that you, the best word you could have used yes. is right there is ambassadors. Yeah. And, and I, I have want people zero, to know that. And I have zero problem with them remaining ambassadors yeah. to the Flyers. I yeah. think that's a totally good thing to have. Agreed. That's and I think that that's that's important, but that has to be the that has to be the separation for people to understand. Like that's all that that's really what they are as ambassadors and correct and not in involved in management decisions. So, anywho, um, I, I don't know where Russ went. I I, I know he had another. Do we even know how to wrap this up. Here he comes. Here he comes. Come back in. Did you learn? Did you learn anything there, Russ? Well, Russ has a job. Russ had to go on to a work call, and somebody named Anthony decided to throw a wrench into this whole thing by uh, not being ready right at the time we were going to record. It's uh, right. So it's okay. Um, listen, there there are plenty of takeaways I think here that are going to make people happy. There, I think, are a few things that you guys said that are uh, going to hit a little bit differently. The the one thing I guess that we have to kind of keep in mind here, and the thing that people just in general I think have to keep in mind is that it's an imperfect situation that has gotten a little bit better. And the the warts that have kind of covered this team for the last five or six years at least have begun to get lifted and treated and eradicated. But it, it doesn't mean that this is a, a quick fix. It's not a quick fix on the ice and it's not a quick fix in the organization. Um, there was one other thing, by the way, Bundy, that Bob Clark knows really well, and it's beer. Um, That's right. Which... I, I was looking for the clip while on a meeting and doing this. There was a uh, video that we did years ago when we had Bob Clark on the show. And I it's could like probably, a minute and a half. I I'll, can redo I'll, that. I'll, I'll find it. It was like a minute and a half or so. 
And it's all the times in this like 25 or 30 minute interview we did with Bob Clark where he would say, oh, sometimes, you know, you go out there on the on the lake and uh, well, yeah, you're out there with a couple of buddies and you, you have a couple of beers. Yeah. And Ross, you do a good Clarky. You a good Clarky. Yeah. Bundy does the best. Go ahead, Bundy. Wait, let's do I let's actually, do Clarky and Clarky. Go ahead. I actually did. So I actually did a. a, a, a I'm going to do this piece on. Uh, I, Mitch Williams was on the radio years ago, and I called in as Bob Clark to Angelo no. on the morning show. No. So and he's there, and I said, "This is a. It's in October." And I saw here. I'll do the best I can. I said, uh, "Angelo." I just wanted you to know that I am a huge fan of Mitch Williams, and so is my whole family in Flin Flon. Because when Joe Carter hit that ball, my relatives in Flin Flon caught it. (laughs) 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 And yes, Russ, we take beer to the lake. And drink lots of it in Flin Flon on cold Friday winter nights. <laughs> That's how I made the NHL a priority to me. Guy in beer league scores a goal. You tap him on the ass. You tell him a good job. You pound his ass. Give him a good beer. All right. Anyway, we. Uh, I think. I think that might be uh, a good yeah. place to end as we think about Bob Clark Stone. Hey, but we have two. Did you guys? You know what's funny though, Anthony? We got. I got to get it from Saunders. You guys don't. I don't know if you, if I've ever told you a story, but. Do you know the one time where I actually asked for Billy Barber to do an interview when I was on radio? I don't know if you know the story, but I got to get the tape. And and um, and he, I, so I had asked people before, Anthony, you, I think you'd come on over the years. Remember, I needed a guest yeah. in first intermissions. Yeah. Yeah. I so I said in. to yep. Billy before the game, hey, if you could come and join me in the first, I'd do a seven-minute interview. Just all we do is talk about the game, what he's doing, maybe scouting or something. So anyway, we go to commercial, Billy doesn't come in. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, this is right. I got to go find somebody. We didn't have time. And I got seven minutes. Tim Saunders ain't there. So I'm like, you know what the hell with it? I'm going to interview Billy anyway. So I interviewed myself and I was Billy and myself. <laughs> and then I, but the, one, of the, one of the questions was, I think I asked, they said, uh, you know, Billy, um, you know, tell me a little bit about me when I played for you. <laughs> so I go, you were one of the best I ever had. <laughs> And this interview went on for seven minutes, talking both of us, pulling both voices. I got to get Saunders to get that for us. It's a piece. It's it's good. It's good stuff. That's great. That's good stuff. All right. Really quick before we go, because I have to go. Uh, we have two five-star reviews. We'll hit them really yeah. quick. They're really long. Uh, first one's from CVAC11. Five stars. Let's move forward. Hey, guys. Really great pod. Really enjoy listening each week. I just finished the latest episode, and although I get Bundy's take that no offers were made on JVR because of the non-fit on a contending team, I still believe that's an epic failure on Chuck's part not to get something, having known he needed to do so since last summer. Anyway, I realize everyone is upset with the state of the team, and I'm right with you. However, we need to stop beating the same horse. Yes, Fletcher is an, un- an, an, an incompetent moron. Yes, he has set the team back years in the rebuild. Yes, ownership has no clue how to run a professional hockey club. Yes, yes, yes. Everything you say is true, but unless you are personal friends with Doc Brown and Marty McFly and can borrow a time machine, what's done is done and it cannot be changed. Moving forward, I have an idea that would make for a fun episode. Let's assume Chuck is gone in mid-April when the season ends. I know that's a big assumption. So this, by the way, is obviously before uh, what happened last week. Comcast hires each of you to be the next man in charge. Play GM and tell us how this can be fixed in less than 10 years. What do you actually do to jumpstart this rebuild? Uh, that's what I'm interested in at this point, and I bet other listeners are as well. I'm guessing each of you may have vastly different plans. It would be cool to hear them. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Hashtag Fire Fletcher. And the other one is from RCW84. Ding dong, the Fletch is gone. 
Hey guys, absolutely great show today on the emergency show after Fletcher's firing. Too bad Anthony couldn't join because he's a wiener. Sorry, it doesn't say that. It just says that he couldn't join. But I'll give him a couple of days to dig in, I guess. Uh, the show as a whole is a must-hear every week. It's an educated voice on the fan uh, of the fan, and there's nothing I trust more. Even though Russ's AEW-like delivery isn't my style, I rarely disagree with him. Uh, Anthony is an absolute is absolutely a media member that I trust and believe in what he's telling me. Chris Terrian definitely brings the heart and the truth of the fans while knowing what it's like to be in the building. Chris, the message you delivered to fans at the 40-minute mark on the Fletcher Fired show was awesome. You know what it's like to love this team and understand the frustration we all feel. I was ready to run through a brick wall, and that was a message from, uh, and that was a message that preached patience. Keep up the awesome show and the awesome work, guys. Love the show. RCW84. Guys. We had a third uh, one. No, it was a repeat. So listen, this is this is where we're at. I said this at the beginning of the show. Obviously, Snow the Goalie, available wherever you get your podcasts. You know that. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those, right? You, you subscribe. You probably already have. If you haven't, please hit the subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, go to the show page. Go to the Snow the Goalie one. Click on the logo. We'll take you to the page. Leave a five-star rating. You can't leave a review. You can re leave a rating, and it's good for us. But uh, the big thing, Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, but leave a five-star review as well. That helps us on the charts. We got up, I think, to number six or number eight or something this past week uh, on the Apple Podcasts list for U.S. Hockey Podcasts, which is pretty cool. I mean, we are the only Flyers podcast, and people do care about the Flyers, even though they shouldn't. Um, so, you know, big thank you to everybody who listens. Don't forget, this show goes up on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel, which is great. We love it. But we are starting our own YouTube channel where we're going to start putting more content, probably these episodes, in full. So if you go onto YouTube, you can look for Snow the Goalie and you'll see a channel with our logo. But the other thing you could do is youtube.com slash at, you got to use a little at symbol, Snow the Goalie. It'll take you to our channel. Hit subscribe there as well. At some point, we're going to start transitioning full episodes from the Crossing Broad channel over to the Snow the Goalie channel. So go over there, help us out. Uh, I think that's it. So for Ant, who you can find on Twitter, at Ant San Philly. I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. That guy in the middle is Bundy at Cetarian6. Thanks so much for listening, maybe even watching Snow the Goalie. Don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family, tell every Flyers fan in your life about the only Flyers podcast. And of course, that is Snow the Goalie. So for these guys, we'll talk to you again next week. And you know what, guys? Let's go Flyers. Let's go Flyers. <laughs>